We're starting a new series today called Jesus Is, and I'll explain that here in just a minute. I'm really excited about it. But I, we like to honor people who's faithful in serving here, and I want Jim and Cindy Ross to stand up. Um, Jim and Cindy have been here for about 10 years now, and they actually really immediately, as soon as they started coming, got involved um, in, uh, in a lot of areas. But Cindy runs our bookstore. She's uh, been working there for a number of years, and, uh, and so she actually runs it. She does it all. It's all it, we don't pay her. She's, it's just something that she loves to do. Does a great job in our work bookstore. And a lot of things about these guys is that they're involved. They're here every time the church doors has a big activity. I mean, they're just here. They're just servants. I tell you what, and they're faithful in that. Jim has uh, uh, been serving with the ushers and greeters, and he hates it when he has to miss. And he has served for an usher for the last nine years or so. And, and, uh, and, but also, I don't know if you know this, Jim serves in our children's ministry and just loves serving both these guys. And, and Jim, they like to serve at the Christmas extravaganza. By the way, that's coming up here in a few weeks, and you haven't signed up for that to serve. And let's give, some, uh, give Christmas to a lot of families. I encourage you to do that. But he, he asks off months in advance so he can make sure that he's going to be here but I want you to know the Rosses, without question, have servant heart and their faithfulness to Cornerstone Church. So let's give them a hand. Let's honor them. Thank you guys so much for serving. And I, I want to bless them. So if you guys, let's pray for them right now. Just reach your hands towards them and let's just pray for them and pray a blessing on them and their family. Father, we just thank you for these two faithful people. And your word is very clear faithfulness is the key to the blessing of God. And we just thank you and we bless them, God, in every single area of their life. All that they have sown will be returned back to them in Jesus' name. And we just thank you for their model of what servanthood and faithfulness is. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Come on, give my hand one more time. Amen. Amen. Well, we're starting a new series called Jesus Is. And and I want you to be asking yourself the question, who is Jesus to you, throughout the series. We'll go through, probably through Christmas to, to, with this series. And one of the reasons I like to do this series at this time, because it's starting to be Christmas time. And, and, um, and a lot of times we get, we get busy with family, and everything's good about that. But I always want us to really focus on the true meaning of it, and that is Jesus. In fact, Everything in your Bible, my Bible too, comes and correlates, comes to, to the point of Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus. Even throughout the Old Testament, I don't have time to list all those types and shadows of who Jesus is in the Old Testament, but everything points to Him. And so uh, during this, this, this series, we're going to be asking the question, who is Jesus? Do you really know Him? Do you know who he really is? Because I believe Jesus is the most compelling person that has ever lived on this planet. And to the level you know Jesus will be to the level you know God. And to the level of the revelation of who Jesus is will be to the level of, of how much you really can receive from him. And see, society in this day is trying to get to God, but without Jesus. Well, there's a reason for it, because he is the only way. And they're trying to get to him some other way because they don't really want to go through the Jesus way. 
They don't want to go through him. So they're trying to really even dumb it down a lot. I mean, dumb Jesus down, you know, make him your homeboy, which we'll talk about a little bit. So as our culture is this erosion is happening to who Jesus is, it's really an attack on the person of Jesus. This waves of humanism. Humanism is, is the worship of your own ideas, is the worship of self. And so it pounds against that foundation of what God's Word says. And so people have all these different views of who Jesus is and how to get to God. See, your view of Jesus will define your relationship with Him. So when you ask the question, who is Jesus? Jesus is, what, what is He? Will really define your understanding and who you know, what you know about Him and your relationship with Him. Ephesians chapter 1, Paul says here, verse 15 through 19. By the way, you can look in your bulletins. There's some uh, information there. I mean, some notes you can follow along with. It says here, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. But look what he says. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give, you, give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of Him. Who's Him? Jesus that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of whose calling? Jesus' calling, His calling. What are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceedingly greatness of whose power? His power, Jesus' power towards who? You and I as believers, according to the working of His mighty power. It's really, everything is all about receiving Everything from God comes through Jesus. It doesn't go around Him. It goes through Him. So our understanding of who He is is very important. And that's why Jesus... Go ahead and turn to Matthew 16. Look what Jesus says here. He asks that question to His disciples. In verse 13, He says, When Jesus came to the region of Syria, Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. He said to them, but who do you? So he looks at the disciples, so who do you say that I am? Some of my closest people. And then Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered to him and said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. So it means that your own ability, your own understanding to reveal it to you. But my Father who is in heaven. So where did he get that information? It's revelation of the Father. So who do you say he is? Because it's very important that we un- understand this. Because what was happening is, First, Jesus asked of the opinions of the people of his own identity. And so the, they, the disciples went out and they got information. And they said, some, of you, some people say you may be like Herod or you may be like a king. Or, or some people said that you were like uh, Jesus was the incarnate, reincarnation of John the Baptist. And others identified him as maybe one of the great classical prophets like Jeremiah or Elijah. But there was different views on Jesus abounded then and they still abound now. But it wasn't good enough, those type of things. And a lot of times we go to a part of, okay, Jesus is my friend, but we don't really understand that because that's not where directly we go through. We have to view it through some sort of filter, greater filter of who Jesus is. 
And so he goes and looks at the disciples and he says, okay, who do you think I am? What is my, your opinion of me? And, it, and with a direct question, uh, Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. There's possibly no greater statement in the whole gospel than this right here. This is the point that Jesus was bringing these disciples to, to gradually understand, open their eyes to this one thing, that Jesus is the Son of God. He's the Savior of the Word. Actually, that He is God Himself. John 14, verse 7 through 9. Look what happens here, though. Jesus says this. He says, if you know, you have known me, you would have known my Father also. So to know Jesus, not know of Him, but to know Jesus is to know God. That's what he's saying. He says, from now on, you know Him and have seen Him. Now, now look what Philip says. This is probably every one of us would probably do the same thing. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father. I, I know Je- if, it, if I was Jesus and I'm not, and thank God that I'm not, and um because I don't know if I would have came back for all of you. But anyway, don't look at me like that. You're the same way. You would have picked and, and chose the ones you like, right? Don't look at me. I'm the, you guys? Okay, anyway. And so here's Philip. Now, if I, I was Jesus, I would have slapped Philip in the head. Didn't I just say this? Didn't I just say, if you know me, you know the Father? So Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and it'll be sufficient for us. And then Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Jesus said, if you really knew me, the truth is, the only way you can know the Father is to know who Jesus is. Not just to know his name, but to know him. It's like one of those big puzzles that you you don't understand until you look at the picture. Jesus makes everything make sense. When you know Jesus, you know that. And Jesus, number one, is God. I want you to understand this. We've got to filter everything we do about Jesus. Jesus is my provider. Jesus is this and that. has to be filtered through Him being God. So when you see Jesus, you see God. See, Jesus is more than just a teacher. He's more than just a man. He's more than a miracle worker. He's more than just your homeboy. He's more than your friend. He is all those things, but it's it's not enough just to know Jesus as your friend. It's not enough to just know Jesus as your provider. You've got to filter through something else. What do you have to filter it through? That no, He is God Almighty that came down in the flesh to take the sin of the world so you and I might know Him. So when I think about it, that He's my friend. No, He's not just my friend. He is God Almighty who came down and befriended me. And that is greater than just being my friend. Because if I just know him as a friend, I'm going to view him through a filter about how I know friends on this earth. And you can't do that. You've got to look through the eyes of God and filter through that. That he is God Almighty. And he's a greater friend if he's God. I tell you what, I'd rather rather boast about God being my friend than just being a friend alone. He's God Almighty who came down and became my friend. 
friend. And people think, man, I don't relate, relate to Jesus, God. That is too huge. I just don't understand that. So I'm, I'm going to make it a little simpler. I'm just going to go, he's just, my, he's just my friend, or he's just my homeboy. He's just my, he's just my, just my buddy. Well, listen, let me tell you something. You will never receive everything that God has for you until you review through the filter of God Almighty came down to be flesh. Jesus is God. And now let me tell you something. How did Peter receive it? He didn't receive it through his own understanding. And that's the thing. This is what I want to challenge all of us this next end, to the end of the year, just to really be challenged to view Jesus, not through our own understanding, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you know the Holy Spirit's job is to direct you to Him. And to increase your knowledge of who Jesus is. Jesus is God. And so a lot of times we just want to bring him down and dumb it up though. He's greater than a friend. He's greater than just a provider. He is God Almighty who's your provider. Isn't that a lot better? Because God owns everything. And view it through that. View it through that. So get the revelation from the Holy Spirit. See, with Jesus, it wasn't good enough that he was just known as a prophet. And he was, a pro- he was prophetic. It wasn't good enough for him to be known as a teacher. He wanted them to know who he really was. What did Jesus, the whole purpose of Jesus on this earth, besides dying for you and I, was to point us to model the Father God. So whatever Jesus did, that's who God is. So when Jesus was on this earth, he didn't make anybody sick. He didn't hurt anybody. He didn't try to kill anybody, did he? What did he do? He didn't try to just really judge anybody. What did he do? He empowered people. He loved people. He showed them the Father. He loved unconditionally. And that is who Jesus is. He is God that is your friend. He is God that is your provider. Let me explain a little bit more. Well, I'll let Jesus do it. Turn to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, verse 40. This is way we receive him. This is how we receive the Lord. He says here in verse 40, Matthew chapter 10, He who receives you receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. Who sent him? God. So to receive Jesus and all that he is is to receive God Almighty. Now, listen, I know our minds, I'm going to be honest with you, can't comprehend who God is. We really don't understand the fact of eternity. We don't understand the fact of all-knowing, all-powerful, and everywhere at one time because we are not that. But it doesn't mean we try to get Jesus to come down to our level. In fact, He doesn't do that. But what He does do is when you start seeking Him and start wanting to learn more about Him, He starts to raise you up to His level that you are seated in heavenly places of Christ Jesus. And that's the whole heart of God. And so he says, if you receive me, you'll receive him who sent me. In verse 41, but he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. These are examples. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. I don't know about you. A prophet reward is good. A righteous man's reward is good. But I want a God reward. I want all God. He didn't say, I'm going to give you a token. I'm going to give you me. 
And that's what he gives you when you and I decide, I'm going to seek after Jesus, not as a friend, not as a token savior to give me what I want. I'm going to seek him as the Father God himself. And everything I view is going to come out of that. That is why God, Jesus, is Emmanuel, God with us. That's what that means. He is God with with us. And the purpose of him taking on flesh was becoming a man so it was to take yours and my sin upon himself so we would know God. Be free to know that. Have a newness of life and have the ability to go further with him. Philip just was not satisfied in Jesus. And he wanted proof. And we need to get to know him. We need to get to know him. So how do you know that you're getting to know him. Back in John 14, the word know that Jesus used was, called, was the Greek word genisko, and, and it means to learn to know, to come to know, to, to get to not, have knowledge, to perceive or feel. So we need to come to that place of really learning. I don't care if you're just a new believer or you've been a believer for a long time. You really need to get to know him. The thing about God and eternity, we're going to have eternity to know who God is, right? So God is massive. I mean, I'm talking about big or fat, but I'm talking about full. I mean, there's so much levels we don't even understand. And we're going to have eternity. Guess what? Eternity doesn't end. So if you think you know Jesus, we don't even have any scratch the surface. So that's why we should be seeking. So how do you know that you're, you, you know Him? How do you know that you're getting to know Him as a believer? Because a lot of times we just get so complacent with this. Number one, are you learning to know Him? Are you learning to know Him? See, the thing about it is, we just get complacent. How many has ever dated before? So some of you never dated, you just got married. It's, oh, <laughs> let's get married. How many's ever dated before? This is Okay, good. Thank you. It kind of worried me. I thought well, I'm going to have to start at the beginning. Anyway, you know, you know when you're dating and uh, you, you go on your first date and you guys touch hands, you just don't know each other and everything, but there's just a thrill about that, right? I mean, you just, you just have to rub up against each other. Not, not in a bad way. I mean... <laughs> Control your thoughts. Okay, let me just, okay, maybe you just touch each other. I mean, there's a, just kind of a thrill like that. I mean, I remember when Lisa and I started dating back in 1980-something. Hey, my son's up here. Um, and uh, we, uh, we went to the Beach Boys concert. It was our first um, first date. And course i asked her and the reason i I asked her was not i was in love with her i just thought she was hot i mean don't look don't judge me and so i i had beach boys tickets and i was kind of shy about that i didn't want to be turned down but who's going to turn down free beach boys tickets you know and i'm just glad when i asked her she didn't ask me for both of them so her and her friend could go so um but, you know, it's just exciting, you know, to get to know somebody and, and everything. And so, you know, when you start with that, it's just, it's just real exciting. But some things get old. So the, the brushing up against each other doesn't give the same excitement because you've done it, and it just gets old. And so, so the next thing you have to do is hold hands, right? 
And that's exciting. First time you hold hands, Lisa just forced hands on me. I mean, it's just... You did. You held my hand. We were walking into the concert, and all of a sudden, she just grabs my hand. And I'm a good Christian boy. I'm thinking, okay, Jesus, this is okay, as long as it goes any further. But... And, uh, and so, you know, it just gets exciting, you know, when you're holding hands. I mean, that's just an excitement part, but doesn't it dull over time? doesn't get exciting so you want to search for more now i'm not advocating that at all but i took lisa to the concert she grabbed my hand you know and um we saw the concert went out when i took her home she lived in carolina beach north carolina around the beach and she had her mom and dad had a condo there so it was on the second floors in the middle and so as i was taking her up and everything and i just you know we're taking her to the door and she just jumps all over me and starts kissing me And you know, I'm thinking, okay, what's going on here? I mean, I'm thinking, all I want to do is shake your hand. You know, that's what I... And uh, so she kissed me the first, first, first date. And um, I mean, it is really true. I'm not lying. And... Um, because, you know, you know I, was, I prayed before our, our, our date and everything that none of that would stuff would happen or anything. And I prayed for her, and I prayed, laid hands on her. I mean, and, and God, um, where am I at? Um, things do get dull. I mean, and I, definitely, that's why in, in, in dating, I'm being all serious now, but is that you have to watch that because it, it can be... It, can, it goes from one thing to another to another to another in dating. And you've got to watch it. There's, to me, there should be no physical contact because you can't control it. Amen? Thank God Lisa moved away because she couldn't control herself. I mean, look at me. <laughs> anyway. So Gnisko, learn to know, is not in dating. But that's the thing a lot of times with us and Jesus, that He becomes commonplace. And we get used to the Jesus, the revelation that we had heard a long time ago. And listen, when you realize that He is God, He is so deep. And every single moment of every single day, I can find something new about him. But I need to learn to know him. I need to begin to learn to go worship, to pray, to read his word. Then number two, I need to put time in this relationship. So you'll know if you're getting to know him because you're learning. You're a learner. You're, you're searching. You're seeking just like a, a lover would, would to the, the one they love. Just to get to know and you're putting time in that relationship. And then you begin to see things a little differently. So if you're seeing things a little differently, you're seeing the way God sees things, that's very important in your relationships, in your finances, about your life, your passions, about the church, about the kingdom. And you're perceiving the things that He perceives because of that. And then you begin to be really real with Him 
And because you're allowing Jesus to know you because you're being honest with Him. He can take your honesty. But every single day, you're just going after Him. In Revelation chapter 3, there's a church that the Lord is addressing here, the church of Laodicea. In the church of Laodicea, a lot of people think of the church, that church and they think all the bad things more than anything, the negative rather than positive. But there's a real positive here. You know, the church was so prosperous that I heard a pastor say one time that there was, they had everything that they, they needed except God. Everything was going well for them. But they lost some things. And this caused them to become lukewarm. Pastor Luke talked about that last week, about being lukewarm. And it made the Lord so sick that he had to vomit them out of his mouth. Because being lukewarm is the worst condition a Christian can fall into because it reveals an attitude of contempt for the Lord. It's an indifference. And that's the greatest um, affront to any kind of relationship is your indifference. In your marriage, if you're indifferent to your spouse, that means you're not wanting, you're not pursuing anymore. And we need to pursue. Therefore, to know Almighty God and be lukewarm towards Him is the greatest insult to the Lord. And so that's why he said that, I'll speak you out of my mouth. But in Revelations 3.19, this is what the Lord tells the church of Laodicea. He says, therefore, be zealous and repent. That word repent means to turn, to change in different directions. But to be zealous, to go after him. See, we must recover and keep our zeal for the Lord. And the way you keep your zeal for the Lord is not that you're getting goosebumps when you come to worship. It's about seeking after Him. It's about encountering Him every single day. It's about learning who He is. It's about, it's about learning and worship and just trying to find something more by putting time into that relationship. It's about seeing the things that, the way He sees it, through His eyes, because He is God. And by being real with Him, now, I want you to know, we need those face-to-face type of encounters every single day. In the Bible, as well as today, I have never found any person who really had a God encounter and then questioned God or went away from Him. Never. The blind man in John chapter 9, he says, he says what have you to say about Him? And he replied, the blind man replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know, but one thing I know, I was once blind, but now I see. Paul was a, a skeptic until he met Jesus. And he says this about that in 2 Timothy 1.12. And he says, I know whom I believed and am convinced that he is able. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Now, old has gone, the new has come. Old leaves, new comes. There should always be a building on newness. But if you don't build on the newness of God, then what you have becomes old and you become lukewarm. Because as a believer, your fuel is the knowledge of Christ. Everything that fuels me is the knowledge of Christ. Me searching after Him and finding more about who He is. And that's why we need that. That's why we need 
to have that encounter and go after Him, but go after who He really is. He is God. Not just seek Him as your friend. That will come. Not just seek Him as your provider, your healer, but seek Him as who He really is. God Himself. And there is so much greater than, than that. Then once you seek Him through God, God, Father God, then the filter and understanding of friend is so much different and greater than what you could ever imagine. The, the, the Seeking Him as God as your provider is so much greater because you know He owns everything. And that's when we begin to really rejoice and be excited about Jesus. And I know my first point, Jesus is God, is not this big revelatory thing. Everybody would say, I know that, but do you? Do you have that knowing, that relationship? So when someone asks, or Jesus himself asks you, who am I? What would you say? And not in a religious way, not just talking about but who you are. What would you say? Because your actions describe what you know about Jesus. See, that's what we need. We need to start seeking Him as God the Father because He is God. And that's where the Lord wants us today. As we go through this time that Jesus is and understanding Jesus is that I want us to increase. I want our zeal to increase. I want us to to find out something new and get excited about that. And not just be complacent. Oh yeah, I'm a Christian. But no, I'm a Christian who seeks more to be like Him. And every day I want that revelation of something new about God. Something new He wants to show me about Him. And see, all Jesus asks is for you and I to seek Him. Because the second point, we won't get into a lot of it this week, maybe next week. Jesus is good. He is good. And that's why when we start understanding Him as the Father God who is good, we can do what it says in Matthew 11. Come to me, all who, are la- who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And we can really rest in, in God Himself. So we need to get to know Him. So the foundation of this whole series comes from that part. Get to know Jesus as God. And when we talk about the I am's that Jesus said He was, when we talk about Him being Emmanuel, God with us. And through this Christmas time that we get excited every single day because we find out something new about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. We find who He really is. Amen? That's my prayer for you. Bow your heads and close your eyes. So Father, we just thank You and thank you that you are good. So, Father, I thank you for the revelation that you gave Peter. And, Father, we ask for that right now. We don't want to think you into our own understanding because we are so limited right now. We're so limited in our thinking, Father. But, Father, I want a revelation of you. As Paul talks about, 
I just want to know Jesus and Him crucified. So, Father, we just want to know Jesus and everything about Him because everything in Your Word flows to Him. And so for we're ever going to receive all that You have for us, we need to understand and receive who He is as God. So I just pray for all of us right now in Jesus' name that we'll make that commitment to move forward in You, to encounter You in Jesus' name. All eyes closed, head bowed, please. If you're here today, you say, Pastor Sean, I have never accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. In fact, I don't even know what that means, but this I do know, that there's something missing in my life, and I need something more. And I want you to know that Jesus loves you, God is not mad at you, and He's here to help you along that way. Fill the empty void in your life. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor Sean, I, I need to na- take this next step of knowing God. I don't understand it, but I want to help. This is what I want to do. I'm, in a second, I want you to raise your hand and you can put it down. I want to pray with you. And we want to help you along the way and give you some information so you can know the God that I know. The God that other people know. That He's a great and good God. So if you're here today and you want to do that, I want you to lift your hands right now and you can put it down. Anybody in here? Thank you, Jesus. Put your hands down. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Okay. Put your hands down. Anybody else? So this is what we want to do. I want to pray and I want you to repeat after me. Everyone in here is going to do this. And let's just give our life completely to Him right now if you raise your hand just mean it with all your heart jesus is going to meet you right where you're at right now so father i come to you and i ask for you to come into my life i give you my life i thank you for forgiving me for dying on the cross for me and i receive all that you have for me Thank you. And from this day forward, I will serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord praise right now. God's so good. I want you all to look in your bulletin right now. There's a connection card. And if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, I want to pray for you for one thing all this week. But I also want to send you some information. Okay, on what is the next steps for you so you can continue this journey. This wasn't just a one-time thing. This is the thing that you live daily. And so those who raise your hand, there's a, there's a, a place on that connection card that says, I received Jesus. So if you can give us your address, if you don't want to give that, just give us your email. We can send it by email. Just l- let us know how to connect with you, and we want to do that. Amen? Come on, give the Lord praise one more.